Welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast. We are so excited that you've tuned in to check out what God is doing here in Radiate Church, located in Elgin, South Carolina. Take a moment and click that subscribe button. That way, every Monday morning, you'll receive new content right on your device. Life-changing messages, discussions, and conversations that will not only help you grow closer to Jesus, but will help equip and empower you to live the life God intends. In this episode, we begin a brand new series called Killing Roots, where we look past the symptoms and get right to the root of what may be causing you pain. Come on, Radiate, put your hands together this morning. God's got something amazing to do. Man, it's so good to be here. Hey, why don't you turn around and high-five somebody real quick and tell them, get ready, it's about to get good. Come on. Get ready, it's about to get good. Congratulations, you made it to the most happening place around today. Woo! And uh, just excited to be uh, with you. Wow, what a, what a start. Pastor Mark with a great word and and, and uh, Pastor Chris and, and Radiate Worship doing an amazing job. So we're in week two of our Killing Roots series. If you want to go ahead and, and open your, your notebooks to take notes or, or, uh, or whatever you want to do there, uh, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 18. That's where we're really going to hang out and be at today. And wanted to, wanted to tell you that uh, we, we at Radiate, man, we, we absolutely love partnering with you to, to reach as many people as possible. We don't feel like the, the, the mission is ever over. Uh, we could be at 100,000 people and still the mission would still be ongoing. Because as long as we have breath in our bones, we have purpose in our, in our life. And, and our, part of our purpose is to reach people. And so uh, we love partnering with you on that and love seeing what you do. And, and online, over three to 400 people watch us online every single week. Come on now. It's an amazing thing. That number's growing, and, and, and technology makes that easier. And one of the things that you can do today and throughout the week that would help us reach more people is this, and we want to encourage you to do this, is at any point during the message today or, or even during the week, uh, if you want to take a picture and post it and tag our church uh, or, or, or even tag me on any social media platform or your notes, if you hear something good and you're like, oh, man, you ever heard somebody say something, you're like, man, that's really good right there, and you want to share it, just, just type it out, post it on social media, and tag us like we want to do that we love seeing that stuff and, and it really helps uh, get the word out because you know people we I'll never meet and so you can help us get the word out on social media and through technology there in fact this is kind of cool talking about people viewing us online did you know that we have regular viewers these are just the states I know obviously in South Carolina in Tennessee in California in Louisiana and in Alabama come on somebody like that's crazy. That's awesome. And so help us get the word out on all of those things. So we're in week two of our series, Killing Roots. What an amazing kickoff last week as we talked about what it means to be in, in Christ and, and, and how amazing that is. And, and uh, for everyone that is viewing us online or listening to us online, if you have never had Bojangles, sweet tea, come on somebody, there is another level of the goodness of God that is wrapped up in this little styrofoam cup right here. It is amazing to try and in this series, I want to talk today about this. You can title it this, The Root of Religion. 
the root of religion. And, and you're going to have to stick with me and take some notes today as we kind of move on this stuff. But do we have any Sweet Tea fans in the house today? Any, any Sweet Tea fans? Okay, all right. All over. I mean, we're in South Carolina, right? Like, of course we have Sweet Tea fans. I, I had somebody recently tell me that they don't drink Sweet Tea. I prayed for them right there in the moment. Like, I was like, you need, I don't know what got a hold of you, but we need to get it on a hold of you and let Jesus get a hold of your life. Amen. And uh, I love sweet tea, and, and uh, I especially love sweet tea right about now uh, in, in, in life because it's approximately 759 degrees outside every single day. Uh, and so when you, when you can get a nice cold cup of sweet tea uh, from Bojangles, it just kind of, it kind of, you know, it just helps your life <laughs> and your spirit, right? And John, you like sweet tea, right? I, I don't, I'm, this is kind of, I know you think I'm going to do something really mean. I'm really not. I just, like, he's like, last time I did this, uh, last time you called me on the stage, I had to eat ridiculously hot chicken wings, and I don't want to do that again. Come up here for a second, John. I, I want to give you some sweet tea this morning. Come on, y'all. Hey, didn't he kill that song just a minute ago? Like, great day. I didn't know, I didn't know uh, you had Whitney Houston in you, man. That's, that's awesome, bro. That's so good, man. That's so good. I'm, we need to talk later because I need to learn that. But um, anyway, sorry, I'm not going to keep doing it. No, you did an amazing job. That song is incredible. Pastor Chris and worship team, y'all killed it, and, and you did great. Man, just take you a sip of that sweet tea right This is mine because I've already drank out of this one. This is mine. I bought you a sweet tea from Bojangles. Can you please just like drink the tea that I bought you from Bojangles? That's really rude and unappreciative. You're so ungrateful. And <laughs> is it not good? What happened? Could be sweeter. Could be sweeter. Have you ever done that right there? To where you go to a restaurant and you drink this great cup of sweet tea, right? And you're like, man, this is great. This, this just replenishes my soul in the name of Jesus. And then you look at the waiter or the waitress and you're like, can I get a refill of that? And then they bring the refill over and there ain't even a grain of sugar in that sweet tea. And so you're, you're, you know, you're getting it just like you were just now. And I do kind of, I need to do something nice for you on this stage one day. But like, but... <laughs> But like your 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 taste buds are ready, your your mouth is ready. Like mentally, you're like this is some good sweet Bojangles sweet tea right here, and you take that sip, and it's like this is from the pit of hell and not good, and it's terrible because it's unsweet and it's not what I was anticipating, right? And 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 it's it sends a shock through your entire body, right? And and can I tell you that if we work within the religion, the root of religion, and not relationship? that that's what happens internally a lot. Because there's people that will try to drink of the fruit of our lives and of, I got this great relationship with Jesus, and then they take a sip of what we're selling, and they're like, that's not at all what I anticipated. That's not at all what it should taste like, right? Y'all give it up for John one more time up here. I love you, man. I really do love you. I'm going to show it one day. No. And so I want to I talk to you for, for just a few minutes today because here's what, what I believe is, is killing the church, not just in our county and, and in our state, but all over the world, is religion. And, and I want you to take a moment and I want you to hear me out on this because some of you are like, wait a second, 
we're here today because of religion. No, you're here today because of a relationship that Jesus wants with you. And so I want to talk about how religion and what it means because all throughout the New Testament, you see this group of people that show up and they start challenging everything Jesus does. They start questioning Jesus. They start questioning his miracles and everything like that. Why? And they're, they're called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And if you look into them, they are the most uh, religious folks that you could possibly come across. In fact, in fact, uh, you'll hear people today that if they don't agree with your stance on something that has to do with church, they'll be like, well, you're just a Pharisee. And you want to look at them and be like, do you even know what that means? The fact that you're calling me a Pharisee probably means that you're closer to that spectrum than me. Y'all like, okay, that's ammunition right there. Let's go. But I want, you to, I want you to hear kind of what's going on with this thing because if we don't understand, Jesus, Jesus didn't entertain the Pharisees and the Sadducees very much because Jesus was not as concerned about religion as he was relationship. But if we're not careful, what begins to happen is we will get more concerned about religion than relationship and we will think that relationship is based on religion and it's not. Religion is a set of beliefs and standards that makes us follow rules. Relationship is I fall in love with someone and I do what I need to do to get closer to them. Think of a relationship with Jesus like a relationship with your spouse, current or future spouse, if you're not married yet. And, and, and when you love someone enough, you'll do what you need to do to get closer to them, right? You'll go shopping at the stores that she likes to go shopping at. Somebody told me today we were, sing, we were singing a song uh, and backstage, and, and, and they started talking about Purple Rain. The song Purple Rain. They said, I went to that concert one time. I was like, what? You went to that? Like I, just, I looked at him. I said, I could never see you ever stepping foot in a concert like that. I don't care what kind of life you were in at the point. Like I just couldn't see it. He goes, well, when your wife wants to go, what do you do? You go. And I was like, that's love, brother. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what love does. But relationship will say, no, i got to follow this set of rules and this set of, uh, 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 of standards or else I can't earn what God has already paid for. And so I want to I talk about that a little bit today because religion is about information, not inhabitation. Religion is about information, not inhabitation. See, here's the problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees throughout the New Testament, throughout the Bible, was this, that they, had, they were so informed, but they were not inhabited by the presence of Jesus. They weren't inhabited by the glory of God, by the forgiveness of God, by the kingdom of God. And so what happened was they had all this information that instead of loving people, they judged people. Because religion will make you think that you have to look at everybody else's life and hold them to the standard that you should be held, held to, but when you look at your own, you should be held to the standard that the Bible tells you you should be held to. You hear me? Because the thing is, is we, all, we are always way more lenient on us than we are anybody else. Well, did you see what she's wearing? Do you know what he did in a past life? Like, you know, like we've all had those conversations. And then religion will make us hide those conversations in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of religion, and it'll make it feel all right. So gossip becomes, let me just tell you this prayer request. And you know deep down, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's okay to laugh at that, right? Y'all know that deep down, you're not giving a prayer request. You're spreading somebody's news because you want to act like you know everything. A prayer request is, hey, this person's going through something and they didn't tell me that I could share it. I just need you to pray for that. Or, hey, I got a couple of unspoken things. If you could just throw them up. You know, that's it. God knows exactly what it is. We don't have to spread everybody's business. 
in order to have a prayer request. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and so they became, uh, uh, the religious, the Pharisees and Sadducees became, relig- uh, um, became entitled judges rather than loving brothers and sisters. Can I tell you today, hear me, nobody in this room today is called to be an entitled judge. Every one of us has gotten it wrong. We've all messed it up. We're not going to get it right. We're going to screw it up. Things are going to be wrong. Things are going to be said wrong, done wrong, act wrong, all that stuff. That is okay. It is not our job to look at somebody cross-eyed and go, you did it wrong and you need to fix it. It's our job to look at them and go, hey, you may have done it wrong and I may have noticed it, but I'm here to hold your hand and walk with you through it, not to shun you to the other side. See, you will never hate someone closer to the cross, but you will always love someone closer to the cross. Religion tells us we can judge by actions. And, and some of you are like, yeah, the Bible tells me to judge. No, the Bible tells you to judge a believer by its fruits. I can be held accountable by the fruit that I give as a believer in Jesus, but you never have a right to judge my heart. Hear me. I never have a right to judge anybody's heart. I can never look at you and go, well, yeah, well, you didn't mean that. You have no idea what I meant. And not only that, you have no idea where the root was based from that I haven't been able to get rid of yet. And so if somebody would just come along and love me, I wouldn't have to deal with the insecurity so much because all I need is an arm put around me and somebody to tell me they believe in me and I can kill this root in the name of Jesus. But instead, you're looking at me and telling me I'm a terrible person. And so here's the thing, like religion gets us in this thing to where We judge people rather than love people. And Jesus never meshed very well with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus didn't mesh with the religious people very well. And here's why. He didn't mesh with them because Jesus had more inhabitation. And so Jesus took everything he knew about his father. He took everything he knew about the kingdom. He took everything he knew about God. And he said, I have all this knowledge, but now I have an experience with my father. In fact, after Jesus would do all these amazing things, it often says that Jesus would go to a place by himself and spend time with his father. Do you know why? Because he had just got a revelation of information that now he needed to uh, impart. He needed God to impart the uh, explanation into him so that he could live it out. Many of us will get a revelation and think it's for everybody else, and now I can judge you based on a revelation that was meant for me. Are you with me today? Jesus didn't mess with them because it was more about inhabitation than it was information. And so if we never kill the root of religion, I'm going to tell you something, the root of religion will kill the church. Because the church becomes more about what we're against than what we're for. Now hear me, I think the church should stand up against some things. I think the church should stand up against killing unborn babies. I think the church should stand up against sinful nature and things like that. But I also think the church should stand up and say, you may have done some things in your life that is not that is not uh, inconclusive incongruence with God. However, I stand for love and I stand for reconciliation and I stand for the cross and I stand for redemption and I stand for salvation. And here's what I stand for. I stand that you can become better on the other side than you were on this side. But instead, we want to just make a bunch of Facebook posts and tick people off and be all judgmental. No. Well, that's just how I am. They just took it that way. Then then don't be that way. Wrap our arms. Are you with me today? Come on, somebody. Do you know why people are turning away from the church for advice? Because the church would rather judge somebody than we would love somebody. It's it's not about looking at them and going, you've done wrong. Most of the time, people know what they've done wrong. 
I can point that out. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also need to wrap my arms around them and give them some steps and love them. Religion will make us do this. Religion has this mentality that says, do as I say, not as I do. So if you look throughout the Bible, it's do as I say, do as I say. You need to do this and you need to do that. And I can't believe you got lights on the stage. And I can't believe your worship is like that. And I can't believe y'all turn the lights. You know, I actually had somebody tell me one time, I can't believe you keep it so dark during worship. Who cares? I don't care if the sun's shining or it's dark. I can worship no matter what. It's not about the things. It's about the heart. Religion teaches us do as I say, not as I do, because I'm going to stand back with my arms crossed and I'm going to judge you during worship rather than lift my hands and engage with the Father. But Jesus came along with relationship and he said, do as I say and as I do. In fact, Jesus said it like this. I came not to serve, but to, I mean, not to be served, but to serve. In other words, follow me. Do as I do. I will do only as the Father does. I will say only as the Father says. And I believe the church will become relevant again when the church stops worrying about rules and regulations and starts worrying about the kingdom and the cross. Come on, I'm going to say that again. I think the church will become relevant again when we stop worrying about rules and regulations and we start worrying about the kingdom and the cross. Anybody in the room today? And here's the issue. Christianity was never meant to be a religion. It was meant to be a relationship between children and a king. It was meant to bridge the gap of a relationship that never should have happened to begin with. It was meant for a king to look at us and go, I love you so much, I want a relationship with you every single day of your life, every minute of your day, every second that you're awake. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Why? Because he wants conversation with you. And he wants to know where we are. He, he wants us. And in, in, in relationship is love-based. Religion is merit-based. Can I, can I give you this last statement before we, we read Luke 18? It says, I, I believe this. The devil, the enemy, does not care if you go to church. The enemy does not care if you enjoy it. The enemy does not care if you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and you serve a church. It doesn't, he doesn't care. Here's what he cares about. If you move from superficial religion to really, ju- uh, to really uh, deep down life change. The enemy doesn't care if you go to a church and you enjoy it and you talk about it on Facebook and all this other stuff. He just doesn't want your life to line up with what your mouth says. Because here's what the enemy knows. As soon as my heart catches up with where I want to be, as soon as my heart catches up with the relationship, as soon as my heart catches up with redemption, as soon as my heart catches up with the fact that God said, love God, love others, as soon as my heart catches up with that, everything else changes. And the enemy knows that when that changes, everything changes. And now the world is going to get impacted. See, here's the thing. 12 men, after Jesus left, 12 men turned the world upside down. The disciples turned the world upside down, impacted an entire world with the kingdom of God. Why? Because they were sold out to relationship with a father that loved them, a father that forgives them, a father that opens up opportunity, not somebody that just goes, well, if you just worship this much and do this and do that. No, all that stuff we do out of love, we don't do it out of obligation. You with me today? Luke chapter 18, verse 18 through 23. If you're ready to hear it, say, yeah says this. It says a ruler, a ruler questioned him, talking about Jesus, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is one of those situations, you've heard me talk about it before, but this is one of those situations where the Pharisees and Sadducees were getting other people to do their dirty work. So they were sending people on a recon mission to Jesus. They were trying to catch him, right? And he says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? 
No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. And do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear, bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. We've talked about this verse even this year. Like, you know this verse. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he had heard these things, he became very sad. For he was extremely rich. So the Pharisees and Sadducees are trying to catch Jesus in this, in this uh, religious bowl so that they could arrest him and, 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 and just cut his reputation out from under him. And they send this rich man to him. And, and the guy's like, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And there's three things I want you to hear today. And I'm going to go quick, but it's not because of time. It's because I believe that God's already working in people's lives and uprooting something. And the first thing we have to see in this scripture is this, is, is, is if we're going to uproot religion, you have to know this. No matter who you are, Jesus will meet you where you are. No matter who you are, Jesus will always meet you where you are. Verse 18, he's a rich ruler. He comes to him, he asks him a question. Verse 20 and 21, it says, You know the commands. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Isn't that an interesting response from Jesus to the man that says, what do I need to do to have eternal life? Here's what Jesus is doing. Hear me. Jesus is looking at the man and he's leveling on his level because he knows the man serves religion, not relationship. Religion will always be about what you do, not who you are. He looks at him and he says, you already know the commands. You know all this stuff. It's information, right? Not inhabitation, information. Verse 21 and the man says back to Jesus, all these things I have kept from my youth. I can see him puffing his chest out, right? Holding his head up high. Yeah, all those things. I've done it from the day I was born, Jesus. I've done well. Religion will always be about merit. Religion will always be about what I need to do to earn the love of Jesus. Can I tell you something? You will never earn something of so much value as the cross. It'll get us to a place, and the enemy wants to get us to a place of, to where the root of religion is this, I believe, to where we feel like we're not worthy. I grew up uh, with my parents that taught me the real, true gospel. They showed it to me. We read the Bible. I was very fortunate to go to a good church, but growing up, I would hear speakers say things like this, and you, I've been guilty of saying it, and, and I've just got a new mentality. Maybe you've heard it too, something like this, that you're not worthy enough of what Jesus has done for you. Can I tell you, I don't believe that anymore. And here's why. Because if I wasn't worthy, then why would he have paid his life for me? Hear me. Maybe you've grown up going, I'll never be worthy of the cross. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's that your sins weren't worthy to be in his presence. But the life that he placed in you is worthy of his sacrifice. He loves you so much that he gave his only son that he should die, that we could have everlasting life. And he will meet you where you are because you are worthy of his love, of his redemption, of his salvation, of his forgiveness. And it's not because of what you've done. It's simply because of who you are. The Bible tells me that while we were yet sinners, he hung on a cross for our salvation and our love. Here's what that tells me. Even in the deepest, darkest, muddiest, dirtiest place in my life, Jesus still looked at me and said, you will be worth enough for my life. Don't ever let anybody tell you, you're not worthy, you need to earn it. Do you know why we serve? We don't serve this church because we're trying to earn a merit in God's merit system. No, 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 no. We serve this church because we believe that what God is doing here and is, is he is saving people from the pits of hell and I will do what I've got to do and I will sacrifice what i got to sacrifice in order to reach more people. I will give what I need to give because I love God, not because I'm trying to get another notch on my belt. 
Anybody in the room? Religion will teach me and fool me that I need to earn everything of him, but I can't. I can't earn his love. I can't earn his forgiveness. I can't earn the cross, but what I can do is walk in it and go, Jesus, you know what? You saw something in me that I don't even see in myself. Jesus, I love you. So we've got to get from the root of we're not worthy to the fact that we are valuable enough for the life of Jesus. Because when he hung on that cross, can I tell you, you were on his mind. When the blood pulled down at the bottom of the cross and sat in the dirt that was piling up underneath the cross where they had dug the cross and as people were walking by Jesus, hurling insults and other things at Jesus, he was thinking about you. Because Ephesians tells me that before the foundations of the world were created, I had a purpose. I was, I was placed here on purpose for a purpose. And here's the truth, you were too. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're not worthy of Jesus. No, 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 no. It's not about being worthy of Jesus because I'll never be able to repay him for what he's done. But here's what it is about. He looked at me and he saw something in me that made him go, I need to give my life so that they can have relationship with my Father God because there's something in them that is greater than anything they can unlock. But through the power of the Holy Spirit that's in them that comes through me and a relationship through me, I will unlock purpose and power and promise. I will unlock redemption and grace and mercy in love because he loves me because that my friends hear me do you know why that rubs people so wrong because that's relationship it's easier to hold people accountable to a strict set of rules it's harder to hold people accountable to love and here's the thing religion is easy to fake because all I got to do to religion is oh I go to church 52 times a week I mean a year you can go 52 times a week that's awesome Right? I do this. I listen to this pastor. I love my pastor. Blah, 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 blah. I can fake religion all day long. But what I love really comes out in my life. If I love Jesus, I'll treat others like it. If I love God, I'll talk to him. If I love God, I'll be in his house. Not because the pastor makes me feel bad. I'll be in his house because this is the church and the house that he died for. The local church is what he's redeeming the world through. The local church is where he's doing something. I'll be in his house not because my kids need to be in Radiate Kids. I'll be in his house because I love Jesus, because I love God. I'll look and go, look. I will commit to being there. I will commit to this. I will commit to that. Not because I have to, but because I get to. It's easy to fake religion. It's hard to fake love. The second thing that we have to understand about relationship when we get into this thing is, is actually found in verse 22. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, talking to the man, he said, one thing, one small little, little, little nuance, one small little thing that you lack here, man, is he said, I need you to, to, to sell all that you possess and you distribute it to the poor and then you'll have heaven, a treasure in heaven and then you come and follow me. Here's the second thing we need to know about relationship over religion. Jesus will always meet us where we are but Jesus will always ask for our heart. Hear me. A lot of times in religion we want Jesus to have our action but not our heart. Because if we do enough, it'll override the fact that we haven't given him everything. Is this, this must be stepping on some toes today. Because if I do enough, if I act this way enough, then it'll override the fact that I didn't even love my wife like Ephesians 5 tells me to. 
Come on, let's get real. If I serve on three teams and go to two life groups, then it'll override the fact that I don't even trust him with my finances enough to give 10%. Come on, Come on hear me. We're getting, we're getting somewhere now. I, I, if I do this and, I, and if I do that and if I act this way and if I act that way, then it'll override the fact that I haven't really given in my life, but I'll give in my actions. I, I, I don't honor the people that God has put me under. I don't honor the people that God has allowed me to do life with. I don't even tell people about how good God is. But if I do enough, I can override that. See, that's religion. But relationship says, no, 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 no. See, I do those things because of those things. I serve because of the love that I have for him. I serve because it says that he gave his life for me, so therefore I will give my life for him. See, I give sacrificially, financially, or any other way because it says that he is the one that owns the cattle and the, and the thousand hills. And because of that, I have access to that through the throne of my father. And because of that, I give everything that I need to give because I love him and he loves me. See, I love my wife, not because if I don't, happy wife, happy life. But I love my wife because Ephesians 5 tells me that the way I love my wife is an extension of how I love him. I, I love my husband not because of this, but because the Ephesians 5 tells me that the way that I honor my husband is the way that I honor his church in him. You, you, you follow me today? Religion is easy to go, I need to do this and I need to do that. And then we live a life that becomes so bitter and angry and mad because we're always worried about, did I fall outside of the lines? Did I color outside of the lines on this picture today? Because if I did, it's just bad news and it's not good. But Jesus is looking and going, stop worrying about coloring outside the lines because if you just walk with me and you love me and you're with me, then when we color outside the lines, I got this magic eraser that'll erase that but it'll keep everything else inside the lines and then we'll start coloring inside the lines and everything's going to be okay. And you know, listen to me, religion will never change the world, but relationship with Jesus will. And we got to come to this thing to where I'm tired of watching churches. I'm going to be real honest in our county, in our town, in our community. I'm tired of watching churches around the nation to where we get to this place to where it's like, I can't believe, I saw something online this week and y'all, I typed out a response and I deleted it because the Holy Spirit was like, stop, quit being dumb. You don't need to get in arguments that don't concern you. But this person said to a pastor online, this pastor made a statement calling out a sin, like a national thing, not somebody. And the guy goes, don't you have mood lights on your stage to go worry about and sleeveless dresses to go buy your wife? And dude, I was about to rip into this dude. Because that's the most religious, pharisaical thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You're worried about lights? And we got people walking around shooting people because of the color of their skin? No, we ain't got time to worry about lights. We need to worry about heart. We need to worry about position with God. Don't worry about somebody's sleeveless dress. At least they're covered. Hear me. We got to understand that he will always ask for everything. So we don't, we don't serve our community because, well, there's an outreach from the church. We're serving popcorn. I guess I better go. No, you know why we do that? Because there's 65,000 people in this county. 
And statistics tell me that 80% don't attend church, which means they won't hear a fresh word from God, which means they won't know the goodness of Jesus, which means they won't walk into the community of the kingdom of God, which means that we need to do something to go out there and reach some people and stop whining and complaining about what everybody else ain't doing. And we need to stand up and start doing something else on our own. Not because pastor got up and yelled about it. No, because I love my father. And if I love, listen, I've heard some people that say they love God, but they talk more about Red Bull sushi rolls than they do about God. And they're good. I can't say I love something and never talk about it. The more I love it, in fact, the more I want other people to encounter the same thing. I want more people to go to Bojangles and buy their sweet tea. The third thing we have to pay attention to, and this is it, verse 23. But when he had heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. In other words, he had earned so much stuff that he couldn't even let Jesus uproot religion in his life. So he walked away. The third thing is, is we have to recognize the root before God will kill it. Can I tell you the one thing? There's one person that gets to decide what God kills in your life. And it's not God. It's you. Jesus looked at this man and said, here's all you got to do right here. Sell everything you've earned because i got to kill the root of religion because you live a life that thinks you have to earn everything. The more money, the more cars, the more houses, the more this, the more that, you are the higher standing you are with God. And he looks at, G- he looks at the man and he says, it's not about that. I need you to go sell all that and just come follow me. If you'll give that up to be with me, that is true relationship with Jesus. That is true eternal life. And the man looks at him, hangs his head, and walks away and never allows the root to be killed for he was very rich. Wouldn't it be a sad day when we get to the end of it all and we're very rich in everything we busted our, we're very affluent, we have a lot of friends, we have a lot of reputation. I don't know, maybe we have a lot of alcohol in our our fridge. Maybe we have a lot of money, maybe we have a lot of cars. Maybe we have a lot of girlfriends, a lot of boyfriends. Like whatever it is that we chase, wouldn't it be a sad day that we get to the end and we're very rich, but we look at Jesus and we hang our head and we walk away because after all, I'm better when I have those things because I have to earn everything. Now, some people would go, yeah, pastor, but you got to work. You still have to do things in the kingdom. Absolutely. But I don't do it from merit. I do it from love. I don't do it because I'm trying to get God to go, hey, good job. I do it because I'm looking at God and going, hey, thank you. See the difference? And I I see people bound in religion all the time. And you're like, well, you've talked about serving a lot today. We serve here at this church. Yeah, we serve out of love. We have over 150 volunteers that serve this church every single week. And the number's growing. 
we do that out of love because it helps us get in community with others and draw closer to God. Can I tell you something? There's one person that can decide what God uproots in your life, and it's you. And part of the issue is this. I know y'all are like, you have sat down the whole time today. It's because sometimes, I just want to say this to you today. If we never let go of what we think is good, we will never be able to encounter what God knows is great. I don't know about you, but I get wore out trying to keep up with everybody else. Religion makes me look at your sin and judge mine based on yours. And because you sin better than me, I'm better than you. Religion, I mean, relationship makes me go, hey, we're both screwed up in this thing. But I'll love him anyway. Let's just do this together. Are you following me today? My prayer all week long, like I know here, I know there's going to be some people that's going to walk out of here and they're going to be like, I just, I just don't know about that message. And that's okay. But here's what I know. God works on us all. And my prayer this week has been this. God, uproot some stinking religion in our life. Let us focus our heart on you. Let us focus our heart on the Father that gave everything that he could be with the children. Let us focus on a king that looked at servants and said, I want you in the courts of my praise. I want you standing around my throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I want you standing before me when you know you shouldn't be. I want to forgive your sins. I want a new life for you. Let us focus a heart on the God that gave every because he sees something in you. Don't let me look and go, I just need to build this and be better than that person. No, you don't have to be better than anybody. You just have to be more surrendered than you are right now. That's it. And I'm gonna close in prayer. I was gonna do an altar time, but I just feel like I'm gonna hold that for next week because next week, it's just gonna go down. I just, I don't know. I'm flowing with this thing. Welcome to my the new pastor I fired the old one during recovery but here's the thing y'all I'm really concerned that some of y'all clapped about me firing myself no but here's what I know there's some people in here that you got to give your life to Jesus today and you just got to be like look, look 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 I'm not trying to be perfect I'm just trying to be surrendered I'm just trying to be saved I'm just trying to be sanctified I'm trying to be redeemed I'm trying to be loved I'm trying to be forgiven right now right And then there's some folks that are like, man, I've been living on that merit-based thing. I've been living on that. I've been doing everything based off. It's not that you don't love God. It's just that you think loving God is doing everything so that he looks at you and winks in your direction. But I'm here to tell you, it ain't that. It's us looking at God and going, man, I love you so much that whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. If you tell me to empty my bank account for this church, I'll do it. Or for that church or that community or that nonprofit, whatever. Hey, hey, God, if you tell me to get up at 5 o'clock every Sunday morning, pray over the church and then show up and serve, then hey, I'll do it because I love you. It ain't about me, God. Relationship takes me out of the picture. It puts all the focus on you. And some of us are like, I just need to get to that place. Like, I need to read the Bible more, but not out of obligation because there's a reminder on my phone that keeps going off if I don't do it. But because I, I just want to hear what you have to say, God, I need to worship because I love you. I need to give because I love you. And so here's what I want to do. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. 
and do some internal, uh, uh, just, um, just internally ask ourselves this question. Is that me? Is that me? If you're in the room today and you say this, hey, pastor, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. I just, I've got to surrender my life. I, I need the forgiveness of who I was and who I am. And I need to walk into that new life of salvation and, and forgiveness with him. And I just want to be with him. And I'm so grateful that he gave everything for me. And I want to give him my life today. And pastor, I just want to start a new life with Jesus today. If that's you, and you would like to start that new life, would you just hold your hand up right where you're at and just say, I need to give him everything today. Yeah. Amen. Now, if you're, if you're in the room and you'd say this, Pastor, I've done the whole merit-based thing, and I, I fear that I've been serving religion probably more than relationship, and maybe it's out of ignorance and I didn't know or whatever, but I'm tired of that. I'm ready. I want to give everything to God and just look at God and go, hey, uproot and kill the root of religion and let me walk in relationship. If that's you, right where you are, will you do me a favor? And we're going to do this because it's just a step towards that. Would you just stand up right where you are in your seat? Just stand up. All, yep. Come on. Come on. There's people standing all over. Hey, I've lived this, this relationship with Jesus based on merit, not love. And today's today. I got to switch that. Come on. Stand up all over the room. Don't worry about it. This is you and God. Nobody else. And now right where you are, I just want you to ask God to do this. Hey, God, will you help me give you everything and live based on love and transform everything? About, like uproot and kill this relation, this root of religion. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak victory. And I just pray that the root of religion would be killed. God, I just declare that today in this church, in the lives that are standing today, in this county, in this state, in this nation, we wage war on the spirit of religion that would make us think that we can love, live judgmentally, but we need to live lovingly. We need to wrap our arms around folks. And God, I pray that we do everything out of love. Thank you for meeting us where we are. And thank you for calling for our hearts. And thank you for allowing us to be people that uproot, that, that expose the root so that it can be killed. God, we honor you in this house. And I believe, God, that you're doing something just instrumental and life-changing for generations to come. And it's starting today. I know there's some folks, God, in the room that, that they're having to kind of massage this thing in and figure this thing out. But God, I know that as we serve, we serve out of heart, not out of, out of obligation. And so God, I just pray that right now as we're understanding this thing, that you would help us to digest this and eat this, God, and, and know that it is about relationship. It is about relationship. It is all about you and in your goodness and in your love. And God, not that we don't call things out, but we do it with love and we do it with grace. And God, we honor you in this house and we give you everything we have. And if everybody would stand to their feet with me today, we're about to dismiss. We got some, a couple of uh, quick things to tell you about on the way out. But God, I just pray over every person in the room today, anointing, power, grace, and mercy that we would walk out of here and change the world instead of just talking about it. God, we honor you. And we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus in the house today?